Greg Dutch sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, dude? Chicks dig me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, so so yeah. The, the say, isn't the saying "chicks dig scars"? Yeah. So is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're a scar. I'm a, I'm a blight on this podcast. Good man. Uh, no, I just wanted to say something uh, out of bounds and shocking. Since we haven't been on the air for a few weeks, I know, right? Say something that really gets the the guy or gal driving in their car. What? What did he say? <laughs> chicks dig me. Bill Murray stripes 1981. I thought I heard just heard a lot of people turn off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> May have been counterproductive, Steve. Very true. But doing well, man. Excited to be back. Yeah, excited to be back. We uh, made our announcement back in uh, February that uh, we were going to um, scale back. You and I have gotten very busy all of a sudden. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, it was good to good to scale back and kind of get some – uh, get some breathing room with things. You know, life just got very busy, um, you know, starting a new job for me. Greg, I know you're in a season where you're doing a lot more counseling yep. and, and other things are going on for you. So, you know, it's it's nice to, you know, get a call and be like, hey, you know, we haven't done one in a while. How about we do one now? Yes. That was great. Yeah. And I love how quickly the three of us could get that going. Notice yes. I say the three of us. Yes. So, so notice, see, that's what a professional podcaster does. That's right. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth, <laughs> seamless transition. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Steve, it's been a while since we've had you on. How you been doing, man? Absolutely fantastic. Really happy to be here with you guys again. I miss you guys, man. I love you guys. Yeah, I enjoy man. you guys. You too, You're funny. Yeah. Uh, and I love the podcast. Love being on this. Yeah, I listen to – there are five other podcasts I've been listening to a lot. And um, I realize the value of a podcast, and I'd like to imagine – you know, somebody's listening to this one and it's helping them and yeah. so, growing man. from it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, love being here. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Dude. You didn't do uh, do uh, do chicks dig you? What is that a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as one chick digs you, it's all that uh, matters. The the little ones that just hatched out of yeah. eggs. <laughs> right. yeah. I know one chick that digs me. Yeah, that's good. Oh man. yeah, brother. Yes, and some yes. granddaughters too. Come to think, that's of it. good. Man. Nice. Uh-huh. Very good. That's great. Um, so we're, uh, guys, today we're, we're diving right back in full yep. force, man. I mean, yep. uh, talking about the regulative principle. Uh, Steve, you know what? I want, I want to turn this over to you because you have, uh, I, I think, the most personal experience with this out of either Greg or I. Um, so we just kind of want to turn it over to you to set us up and, and get us rolling on this thing. Um, we initially, just to throw this out there, we initially wanted to, um, see about having somebody on who could, uh, set up or debate the yeah. other aspect of it. Um, still be good. yeah, we would still love to, unfortunately, just with timing and scheduling, we weren't able to do it. So if somebody out there is really diehard regulative principal guy and wants to come on and, <clears throat> you know, maybe set up the counter argument, we'd love to have you on, go ahead and contact us. Yeah, um, man. but in the meantime, Steve. Yeah, well, what the hearers might want to know is that I was one. I was one of the regulative principal guys. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, uh, here's the term we would use, held to the regulative principal. Yes. Um, I, I believed it. I taught it. I passed it a church where we believed it. It was one of our distinctives. You know, every church has its list of which doctrines are most important to it. It was on our list of one of the most important doctrines. Wow. Which nowadays I think, you know, that's way too big a list when you have things like the regulative principle on it. But anyway, yeah. uh, it was a core value of ours. And it was also, and, and this uh, bothers me, it was a distinctive of ours by which we distinguished ourselves from other kinds of evangelical slash apostate churches. Yeah. Uh, serious. I'm yeah, serious, man. Yeah. So uh, I've been one. I've been there. I've done that. For years I was into that. And, uh, well, obviously, I am no longer there. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I don't mean this in any any I'm not slighting anybody who's a regulated principal guy listening to this. I love you. But um man, I'm glad to be freed from that. Yeah. Actually, it hasn't made one bit of difference in my life though. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the first thing. Am I free to go ahead and talk about Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's the first thing I'd like to say about the regulated principle with all respect to guys who hold to it. I was one and you know, I loved Jesus and I thought I was doing doing the right thing. But uh, it is a principle without a purpose. Mm. That is to say, uh, here's what we imagined. Mm. Here's what regulative principle guys, many of them, imagine. Um, we hold to this principle. We're faithful. 
we hold it as opposed to, and it distinguishes us from, all those other corrupt, unfaithful, apostate, evangelical churches that are all over our country, everywhere in our day. And we teach this to our people so that, you know, you don't leave our kind of church because we're the faithful kind. Why would you leave the faithful kind and go to one of those other kinds of churches? So we've really made them all bad and we've made us all good. And and I was in the middle of that. I believed that. But there came a certain point in my Christian experience where I decided, for reasons of evangelism, I wanted to visit a lot of other churches to find out how are they winning people to Christ because we weren't. We were barren and it was bad. We were gathering elite Christians, and that was all. Yeah. So uh, so I started visiting other churches, uh, either on the web or uh, actually going to churches whenever I could, yeah. different kinds of churches, different sizes and shapes and denominations. And the regular principle says uh, that we are only to offer to God and worship those things which God has expressly commanded in the New Testament scriptures, specifically New Testament. They use the Old Testament too, Nadab and Abihu and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so – as I went to those other churches, and those elements are the things that our RP guys say God expressly commanded are you, you read the word, you preach the word, you sing the word, you pray the word, you observe the word. That's baptism and communion. Uh-huh. And this is interesting. And you can also make announcements because in the end of some of Paul's epistles, he has announcements. Yes. <laughs> which, by the way, I don't think God expressly commands announcements. I think there are just some announcements in Scripture. But right. anyway, that's right. overlooked, and announcements are squeezed in there. They're okay. Yeah. A, a lot of other things get squeezed in, incidentally. But anyway, so there are those elements. Those were the only things we would do in worship. So I started visiting all these other churches to see how they evangelize. And the thing I noticed was in every single church I visited, and thinking back to my past, before I was a regulated principal guy, I've been in a lot of different churches in a lot of places. Every church I've ever been to, you know what they do? They read the word, they preach the word, they pray the word, they sing the word, they observe the word, they baptize, they have communion, and they do announcements. Right. (laughs) So so I want to say, in a kind way, I hope. You know the Shakespeare thing that life is a tale told by an idiot full yeah. of sound and fury and all yeah. signifying nothing? <laughs> yes. I don't mean that regular principle guys are idiots. They're right. very intelligent people over there. But I think the principle is full of sound and fury, but it signifies nothing. It's all about mm. nothing. Woo! Like, Mike dropped. <laughs> uh, you know, like they think we're really distinguishing ourselves from all those apostate churches. You yeah. need to go visit some of those churches, and yeah. you find out you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are preaching Scripture, praying, you know, preaching the gospel, and you ought to link arms with them. Yeah, man. And they do the same things you do in church, and they never heard of your regulated principle. Yeah. 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 So that's that's like point one of wow. my, of my uh, pet peeves about the whole thing. It has no purpose. Now – this week, I tried to do a lot of reading and figure out, all right, what do they think those apostate churches are doing that yeah. irks them so? And I was all, I looked at a lot of guys' sermons and blogs and articles, whatever. I was only ever able to find a few things. Yeah. Like one is Saturday worship. Yeah. They think that's offering strange fire to God. Sure. Because God commands we worship on Sunday. I'd like to know where. Yes, that was... I don't see a command for nope. Sunday. I see a description that they worshipped on Sunday. Dude, uh, to me, if I could just jump in there, I think we made that point with the Kevin DeYoung podcast. The the same argumentation that you would use to to, uh, turn a descriptive reference to the church meeting on the first day of the week – you could just why aren't we why aren't we doing uh, a foot washing as part yes, of the services? That's right, because that is described. Why aren't a lot of things happening in the Book of Acts? I mean, you know, happening uh, in terms of where the church meets, homes, and other places. Shouldn't we be selling all of our stuff and giving it to yeah, the church? For, yeah, exactly. Classic Acts uh-huh. two, Nathan. Exactly. So I, I think um, you know that one won't happen, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It is. Um, if I could ask you, Steve, when it's probably hard to do because you're almost getting psychoanalytical here. You put yourself back into your mindset when you were embracing this principle. Um, like, what what drove you to believe it? Oh yes, yes. Do you, do you think it was scripture or your understanding of scripture? Culture, tradition, just curious, because I was never quite where you were. I was in the PCA as a seminarian. My thinking had changed some in seminary talking to other guys. So, yes. I, But I would have gone that route, no doubt, PCA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that about mm-hmm. all PCA guys, but I, the mold I was in, regular principle was very big. Hmm. Uh, in seminary, I kind of changed. So by the time I started actively pastoring, that wasn't governing me. 
but when since you were, I'd love to know what what was your kind of uh, understanding of it from a pastoral perspective. Do you think you were being faithful to Scripture? Just yeah, here's what happened, and, and it's really a story about my own human frailty and weakness and gullibility. Hmm. Um, so I became a reformed guy. I still am. I'm all for that. Sure. God's sovereignty and human salvation. Mm-hmm. I'm right there. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I I met some other reformed guys. I didn't know any. And then I met some Southern California reformed Baptist pastors, uh-huh. and they were all regulative principle guys. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, these are good dudes, man. I really like them. They got yeah. a lot of theological stuff going for them. Yeah. They've got depth. I got to look into this regulative principle thing. And then. Uh, I think I lost touch with good hermeneutics, methods of Bible interpretation. Mm. I lost touch with good exegesis, and I was influenced more by, this is the group I'm in. Mm. This is what they hold to. Sure. I'm going to migrate toward it. Oh, yeah, now I can see it in Scripture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, will worship. Oh, yeah, I see these things yeah. now. Okay, great. Yeah. And I adopted it. And then over time, I started thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I'll share some more of my wait a minutes in a while okay. here. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So really, it's my own inability to think for myself mm-hmm. sure. and to really look at Scripture faithfully. Yeah. So you, so you might say some group think, uh, yeah. and there's a sense you're with that group. You're yeah. The guys are sharp. That stuff's powerful. It is powerful. It is. Can I um, ask both uh, Steve, you and Greg, something? Because, um, Greg, we had uh, Calvinist Colson, who we absolutely love. Yeah, we had him on the dude, podcast man. several times. We, you know, when we were doing the Kevin DeYoung thing, he threw out that um, that meme yeah, about uh, Nate David and Baihu, uh, which was hysterical. Can I, can I just ask him, maybe uh, let us explore that particular one for, for a couple minutes? Because yeah. I'm still a little confused how you get from that into the New Testament. Because Yeah, you should be. I, yeah. I, <laughs> Stay confused, brother. It, Stay confused, my it's friend. Holy confusion. Confusion. Yes, dude. Leviticus um, ten. Nadab and Abihu. And, and, and I get, I get the story. Like I've read that before, yeah. so I understand that. But to me, like God's commandment in in what they were supposed to do in the tabernacle and what they were supposed to do for sacrifices wasn't descriptive. Right. It was commanded. It's yeah. spelled out there. Yeah. We're not told it in a narrative. God gave Moses the exact command that he wanted them. And now we don't know, um, from, from my memory, we don't know exactly what they did that was, quote-unquote, strange fire, but yeah. we know that it had to have been something that broke with God's actual words and commands uh-huh. of what he told them they could and could not be doing right. during this time, which to me is very different than what we see in the New Testament, which is narrative. Right. Which is yeah. it's descriptive of yeah. of things that people were doing at the time. There are very few commands in the New Testament. Really for corporate worship. Very true. So I mean, could could you guys just kind of um, you know talk about that a little bit? And and Steve, since you were actually in it, maybe you could uh, at least at least for the perspective of trying to help me understand it, kind of bridge that gap so that <laughs> I at least see where people are coming from with it. Yeah, well, I think it's unbridgeable. But anyway. Um, <laughs> did you ever preach a sermon on it, dude? Oh, I did. Oh, you I did. did. Okay, sure. Absolutely. I think I had them burn those. Yeah. <laughs> They're Cannot gone. find them online anywhere. They are gone. I hope <laughs> you probably find them. Yes, if bad. you find them, send them to me. I need some blackmail. <laughs> yeah. hey, oh, by the way, before we go there, real yeah. quick, real yeah. quick, please. Uh, other things that they think are strange fire in other yeah. churches today, mm-hmm. um, drums. Oh, yeah, man. You can't rule out drums based on the regulative principle. Yeah, Do you allow no. piano? It's percussive. Come yeah. on. Uh, so drums, the Old Testament has cymbals, tambourine, the timbrel. Um, dancing. Yeah. Dancing, by the way, is defined as rhythmic moving of the body to the beat of music. You know yeah. what? Th- this is not a racial comment, but we, we have black people in our church. I'm glad sure. we do. Mm-hmm. They cannot stand still. Oh, sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you sing, oh, God of ages past. Or, yeah, or, or, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Or so, the spacious firmament. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. So um, let's see. Sunday worship. The only thing I thought maybe they had something to gripe about is churches that sometimes open with a secular song, which really doesn't bother me. But, uh-huh. um, all right, that's something that you probably didn't find in Rome in right. an apostolic church. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Nadab and Abihu. So uh, I, I think you started at a real good place there. Which book of the Bible are we in? I believe that's Leviticus. Which book of the Bible yeah. are we in? <laughs> Which yeah. book of the Bible are we in? Yeah. What yeah. do we know about most everything that's in the book of Leviticus? Right. Yeah. How does it relate to us today? 
Well, dude, it pointed to Christ, man. I mean, absolutely. And he, and he subsumed it when he died on the cross yeah. for our sins, and it is fulfilled in him. And guess what? Those things don't apply. Yeah. How come this one thing in Leviticus applies? Mm-hmm. The things in the very next chapter don't apply. Don't apply. Next chapter has laws about unclean animals. We now eat those animals. <laughs> right, right. I'm glad we do. I like crabs. Yes, amen. This brother. is Baltimore, man. We have the Chesapeake Bay. Steam we like crab. crabs yes. with Old Bay. So, uh, man, it's it's uh, the book of Leviticus. Furthermore. Uh, Nadab and Abihu disobeyed a statute in Scripture governing worship. So what would be a New Testament equivalent? There would have to be a New Testament command regarding worship. Let's say uh, you should have communion. And we say, no, we're not going to have communion. Right. Mm. All right, now you're doing something Nadab and Abihu-ish maybe. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. If you refuse to do something, we're not going to baptize. There is a command to baptize. Now we're just not going to baptize. We don't like it. It's embarrassing. It's weird. Yeah. People Mm -hmm. don't like to get wet in public. Um, then, all right, maybe now you're doing something Nehu, Nadab and Abihu-ish. Yeah. But to try and rule out, you know, all yeah. kinds of other things, by the way, yeah. Yeah. it just doesn't fit. You can't, you can't make that gap. Uh, based on the regulated principle, by the way, you know, in church history, there have been churches that did not sing at all. Hmm. Uh, or rather, there have been churches that did not sing because they thought it would be wrong to have non-Christians sing words they don't mean. I've heard that before. So they said, we won't sing. Yeah. Saying we won't sing is a violation of the regulative principle. Right. We are told to speak yeah. to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual right. songs. It's a command, right? right. So um, reformed churches, many of them didn't sing because yeah. of the unbelievers thing. Didn't bug them that they were violating the regulative principle. Right. Mm. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what, what did they have in Abihu do? They apparently got fire from the wrong place. They were supposed to reason there's fire on the altar. We should get the fire for our sensors from the altar. And instead, they made their own fire. They had a Bic lighter in their pocket or something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I got my own fire. They lit their own fire and put some incense in it. Uh, what would serve as a parallel to that today? Yeah. I can't even think of anything. That's what, a- what, we bought our piano from the wrong place. Right. Yeah, we're worshiping. <laughs> right. We have a piano, but we bought, it, we bought the wrong hymnals. Well, and I think, Steve, what, 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 you, what you just said a few minutes ago is the, is the sort of presumptive baseline there, that there, there's very little prescriptive yeah. information that governs our worship in the New Testament. Very little. So you, you'd have to have something. <laughs> and, like, I mean, the examples you gave were great. Baptism, communion. Don't preach. Don't right. baptize. If we said we're never going to open up the Bible again and don't read have it or communion, preach it, yeah. Then, then, yeah, then we're in Nadab and Abihu land. Say we're, then it's uh, completely applicable. Yeah, I, I find, dude, the entire uh, Leviticus ten thing same with bizarre. Yeah, that we're going to probably the most <laughs> legal book yes, in the Bible. Legal right? book in the Bible. Read Hebrews first. Yes, exactly. And then we're going to take this Leviticus ten principle. Uh, apply. It's just. It's quite a stretch. It's man. very, very strange, and we talked about it too. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I, there, there. Here's what I would say: um, there, there were no church buildings for the first several centuries. Yeah. What are we doing having a church building, man? Yeah. That's Aren't not where we, we worship. Homes. We meet in homes uh-huh. or in a tabernacle, That's, a temple. Yes, yeah. yes, or or, or something mm-hmm. like that. We have a tent. We wander through the. Wilderness and move from place to place. Uh, it's, um, but I mean, a church building with pews, mm-hmm. you know, that people would sit on and stand mm-hmm. on. And then, you know, some churches. Have is that, is that why we use folding chairs? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Biblical. Folding chairs obey because the regular principle. Fold like a house of cards. <laughs> um, just wanted to use that to say house of cards. Um, I, I, I got to be honest with you. You're, I, and I want to be, too, to our listeners to get it. I, I just find so many people passionate and excited about the regulative principle. Equate it to Scripture. Yes. And and almost because – well, I'm deriving it from Scripture. Okay, show me that. And that's what we're trying to do in this conversation. Right. Show me where this is being derived from Scripture. Where is somebody going to – to use Leviticus 10, Nadab, and Abihu and to say, well, if a church uh, showcases a bit of drama – yeah. That's like what Nadab and Abihu yeah. did. No, it isn't. Where do you get that? Yeah, what, what they did, like you said, is they violated a specific prescription. Yes. Is there a prescriptive command that you cannot have some kind of dramatic yeah. reading or monologue in your worship? Mm-hmm. If there were, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I can yeah. listen. But I'll go with that. To equate the two and what I think of as a permissive principle, the Scripture doesn't 
explicitly condemn it. So what is there? And, you know, Wesley on this – we're going to quote Wesley on this kind of reform-leaning podcast here. Love you, Wesley. His, yeah, we, John, <laughs> man, that, that dude was the man. But he had um, – I've heard it called, what, the, the quadrillennial. There's these four – uh, you know, where you've got scripture. What a great word. Man. Uh, you just sound so smart. Sound smart. That that I think I just yeah. made it up. The quadrilin- um, my truck has quadrillennial drive. It's got to quadrillennial thinking. <laughs> uh, Is that like post-millennial yeah. and pre-millennial and quadrillennial? And millennial. Uh, but he talked about scripture, reason, tradition, and experience. I'm not afraid to talk about those. It, I think the, the it's assumed Scripture trumps all others. Sure. I mean, we're going to say that. But that doesn't mean tradition, reason, and experience can't inform yes. our, our thinking. And mm-hmm. I think it should. So, hey, you know, in our church, the way it works, the elders would sit down and talk. Do we want to do this thing in in worship? Well, just recently, um, we're of the belief that the Scripture commands us to celebrate the Lord's Supper, but does not regulate how often it just says mm-hmm. when you do it, when you do, do it in remembrance right. of him. So if we have, hey, we're going to do communion uh, uh, this week, but this time we don't want you to think about Jesus' death on the cross. We want you to think about a godly person who, you know, discipled you in your early years. It's a, no, 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 time out. Communion is reserved mm-hmm. for thinking about the cross. There mm-hmm. would be an example where we'd bring biblical clarity to the command. Yes. But we, um, we normally do it. It's our custom, as we like to say, mm-hmm. our little tradition, our experience to do it on the first Sunday of the month. Um, it was kind of cool just to be able to say, Hey, you know what? Uh, for a bunch of different reasons, uh, we had a guest that preached on Sunday. We normally don't like to put communion on the guest since mm-hmm. normally the, the person preaching it, they introduce it, uh, leads it. Um, <clears throat> and we had our reasons. So we know we're going to do it twice in April because we're going to do it on the first Sunday and we've got a good Friday service mm-hmm. that we're going to do that. We, we, we choose to do. So we're not doing communion <gasps> the month of March at our church. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. No. <laughs> and the freedom. Yeah. Say, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to do it twice next. And not yeah. like we need to do it twice yeah. to, for it to, to make count. Up, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying it's what we chose to do. Uh-huh. So I just think the, uh, the idea of um, having godly people that think, pray, discuss, mm-hmm. finesse, bounce ideas off of each other uh, in the areas that aren't clearly regulated um it's well, great and i guess i guess my question would be too if we're gonna you know go back and uh use uh nadab and abihu i mean clearly i would think if if we're going to you know take this to its logical conclusion if churches are clearly doing this wrong don't you think god would strike them dead to set the example <laughs> yeah, i thought about that too. I, I mean that's what yeah. happened then isn't yeah. it right i mean and, and even you know even in the new testament with ananias and sapphira mm-hmm. yes. you know i mean we see you know so clearly god is not opposed to you know taking action and stepping in where yes. where he is being violated against yes. you know his glory is being overshadowed so you know, uh, to me, there's a certain amount, like you, you, you know, like we keep saying, there's a certain amount of freedom here that we need to, you yes. know, allow. Yeah. Here, here's another thing uh, that that comes out of the text. I think uh, after Nahab and Abihu are struck dead, God is explaining why mm. it helps Moses and, and others. Not not helps. Uh, yeah, Moses and others, and and Aaron in particular. That's right. Yeah. And and one of the things he says is, you know, I, here's what they missed. Here's what Nadab and Abihu missed. I must regard it as holy. Yes. Must mm-hmm. be regarded as holy by those who draw near me or mm-hmm. something. So apparently that means Nadab and Abihu did not really regard God as holy, set apart, different. He was just, you know, somebody else. And like, I'm not really into this, mm-hmm. but it's my job. I'm a priest, so I got to do this offering thing. So here's my bick. There's the fire. Done. Job is done. So the equivalent might be like, if you stand up on Sunday and preach things and you don't believe any of it. Sure. Right? Yeah. And you pray to God and you don't believe he exists yeah, or something. Right. You don't care about him. You're right. God, a, I don't a flippant But you have a job, so you do your job uh-huh. or whatever. Sure. That would be a nadab and a bihuish thing. Sure. I, I don't think RB guys are saying that's happening out there. Yeah. Uh, Reformed Baptist guys or regulated principal guys. No, I think it's a great point, Steve. Hey, to change, can we leave nadab and a bihu for a moment? Yeah. Okay, so... Here's here's the thing that really sent the whole house of cards toppling downward for me, and maybe it will for somebody else, or maybe it'll keep somebody else from getting into the regular principle. It's this. Uh, we'd all agree, biblical Christianity is apostolic. New Testament Christianity is apostolic. 
If it's not apostolic, it is not New Testament Christianity. Jesus Christ authorized the apostles. You guys, you know, I'm going to give you guys the truth. You give it to the church. You put it in Scripture. Uh, We do what the apostles did. We do what the apostles taught. It's apostolic. So where did the apostles lay down the doctrine of the regulative principle for all the people in their day who needed it as one of these core, vastly important doctrines to keep us out of sin and out of trouble? Where where are the teaching passages? Where did he teach the Corinthians who knew nothing about it Mm. from their pagan background? Where does he say, now here's a very important principle you guys need to know. Mm -hmm. Let me use Nadab and Abihu to teach it to you. Where do the apostles ever do it? They don't. Mm -hmm. And I know there's an attempt made from Colossians, will worship. You're just squeezing an awful lot out of that one word that we hardly even know for sure what it means. Yeah, I totally agree. I do have a buddy. I'm, I'm going to try to represent in a devil's advocate way, but I, I'm not really because I'm telling you I don't agree with him. Uh, he and I have, have, have debated this thing. He's a PCA pastor, a good friend of mine, uh, and I've, I've made a very similar point to him. Of course, even this to me is, well, why is this a given? I, I've never been that put back on my heels when somebody says that's an argument from silence. Me like, neither. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Yeah. It's. I think it's a good argument. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, in other words, if if what the person is saying, like my friend Mark, not the Mark Sweeney who I work with, uh, that would create some awkwardness. <laughs> if my XP and I were at odds on this issue. Um, but another Mark has has said to me, "Well, Greg, that's an argument from silence, and you you can't do anything with that." I'm saying, "No, but you're you're saying that this is a clear, scripturally derived principle." It's a prescription. It is a principle. It is to govern. And, and I, it's vastly important that we teach all our yes, people this. Yes, and where is it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's uh, to me. How the, did the, the Galatians the, know yes. it? How did the Corinthians know it? How did the Romans know it? How did anybody know yes. it? Yes. And, and it why, wasn't taught. Why would you not? Um, I mean, I mean, Corinth alone. I mean, just just catalog yeah, the imagine. division, sexual immorality, confusion on the resurrection, abuse of spiritual gifts, on and on and on it and goes. All the false worship of idols yes. that they're used to and how that was done. What a slam dunk. Yeah. But, but lay out the regulative principle. <laughs> yeah. This is what we do, and he does it. First Corinthians 17. In many ways, Steve, what he does is it's kind of theology in the trenches. Yes. It's piecemeal. Yes. He is responding to situations as they arise. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the dirty secret with all what we call biblical doctrine. Most of it we know, now thankful for it, is because situationally the church encountered something and Paul responded to it. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of things that we say, oh, man, wouldn't it have been great if Paul could have guided yeah. us on this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to think if that situation had arisen uh, and it was something that was on his mind when he's addressing the Colossians or the Corinthians – We'd probably know it. So what do we do? I think it's pastors and leaders' jobs who still address it um, in charity, love, reason, tradition, experience, etc. So, uh, yeah, I would just say he would say that's an argument from silence, and I'd say, uh, yeah, that's that's my point. And the silence uh, is deafening. It is deafening. It really is. Where is it? If it's so important, as regulative principle guys say it is, we've got to teach our people this. Everyone yes. in, a, in a Reformed Baptist church must know about the regulative principle. Yes. They've got to hold to it. It's got yes. to be taught again and again and again. Why? The apostles never taught it to anybody once that we can right. see. But, Steve, it, it's, but it's in the confessions. Yeah. Which <laughs> leads to a whole other. Yeah, I, I, I actually whole had other, people yeah. tell me that. And, uh-huh. I, and I say, well, and, you know, because it's and almost who wrote like. those? Yeah, and it's almost their trump card. It's like, oh, okay, Greg, um, I'm going to take, uh, you know, the wisdom of hundreds and hundreds of uh-huh. men. Uh, and then your little flippant wisdom, and I'll go with you. And I say, yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. You're kind of discounting the hundreds and hundreds of godly leaders through church uh, history that, that didn't subscribe to the regulative principle. Yeah. So let's not rabbi stack. Let's right. just have an open and honest <laughs> conversation here. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I find it incredibly um, restrictive. I find it incredibly... Uh, Awkward, and to me, it's so difficult to apply evenly across the board. I'm not sure, though, that it really is restrictive. Uh-huh. Like, what is there that you would honestly well, want to do in your touche. worship that they would disagree with? Touche. Good I, I can't imagine anything. Yeah. 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 That's, that's I mean, some of the extreme examples you gave where they're not singing. 
Uh, but you're yeah. right. I think that's but, easy at, to prove. When they look violent. around at churches, in the, and they have to scour the world to find a few bad examples. Yes, exactly. But when yeah. they find a few bad examples, well, this happened in that church. Yeah. That's not something you want to do. Right. Of right? course. Of course. Well, and I think I think what it really comes down to is when churches start making individual decisions that break with tradition. Again, mm-hmm. we brought up churches deciding, you know what, we're not going to meet on Christmas Sunday. Yeah. We're just – you know, Christmas they would view Eve. that as will worship, right. yeah. violation of yeah. the principle. You know, and that or churches who decide, you know what, most of our congregation is able to meet on Saturday, so we're going to make our primary focus on Saturday instead of Sunday. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we're that's that's when we're going to meet. You know, or hey, you know what, we can get most everybody from the church out here on Wednesday. That's the time that seems to work, so that's when we're going to meet because you know that that's just that's working for everyone. We've got too many people who are working on Sunday and. So we're going to meet on Wednesday instead. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no. They would say your whole organization sucks yeah. <laughs> because you're offering strange fire to strange God. Fire. And it's an abomination. Yes. You guys are an abomination. That's literally how they would do uh, there, you. There are some that would, would say yeah, some that's guys, yeah. Well, um, just today at our Wednesday Bible study, we were in Acts 20. And I think we referenced that in a, in a previous podcast. But that great, rather humorous section where uh, the young man Eutychus Oh, I love that uh, you know, story. Falls man. asleep while yeah. so <laughs> preaching. That's that, so good. That is. No one's ever fallen asleep while you preach. Oh, it? never, never. No, right. no, never. Just want to clarify uh, that. Wait, I fall asleep when I preach. <laughs> <laughs> there are times like, man, I am so bored with what I'm saying. Uh, oh, somebody bad. wake, somebody wake me up when that's I'm done. Very bad. Um, but I am, uh, you know, we're, we're, I, with a group of older gentlemen, and we're just talking. And I, I pointed out, as uh, it says right there in the ESV note, Acts twenty. It's the first reference in the book of Acts to uh, meeting on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. It appears to me that they're meeting in the evening. Yes. I don't think Paul started that sermon at 8 a.m. No. and went to midnight. I think he starts it in the evening. Keep in mind, there was no concept in the ancient world of a weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you worked. It was a working day, you man. Just, you worked. I mean, yeah. first of the week, you're, you're going to work. So, you know, if you think about it, here's Eutychus. He, the only thing the text tells us, he's a young man. Which, unless he had the the rare white collar job, he was probably a a, a blue collar working guy. He worked hard. That was working He's tired, hard. Man. He's tired. He ate dinner. Um, ate dinner. You know, and <laughs> even out. even the uh, details. Uh, There's so many uh, lamps that lamps, are lit. He probably sat near the, the the window to get some cool air, uh-huh. which was literally the death knell. <laughs> yeah. um, and he falls out. Uh. But there's the first passage we see in the book of Acts where they're meeting on a Sunday. And I will say, yep, they're meeting on a Sunday. By the way, that's sure described, enough. not prescribed. Exactly. Because uh, I don't think anywhere Luke says, and by the way, you reader, you must. make sure that you do this too. Nowhere. So uh, here's Eutychus. He's falling asleep as Paul preaches. He falls to his death. Paul goes down, and it's kind of a very subtle passage. It never explicitly says Paul yeah. healed him, but that appears to be what Did happened. Did he raise him, or yes. was his life still in him? Because Luke says he was dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Paul says his life is in him, Yes. which you know is, is interesting in and of itself. But here they are on a Sunday night. So, uh, I mean, that doesn't even work with the Jewish reckoning. It, it, by a Jewish reckoning, I mean, we're pretty much at Monday at that it's point. It's in Monday. Because you're, you're into the Sun next went day. went down, the lamps are lit. So uh, the idea of that, again, I'm not trying to beat the de young horse to death, <laughs> but it was such a clear example. We did get a um, – I don't know if you saw it, Nathan. I think a dude on Twitter uh, that reached out to us mm-hmm. said he was one of those guys that took some I heat. saw that. Did you see that? Yes. Because yeah. uh, you know they kind of walked their congregation through it. it with their yeah. church. And then de young writes the article and some – yeah. People are like, oh, I feel kind of troubled by this. Should we Should we do this? So uh, next year, Steve, I don't know what you guys are going to do, but this is what we did five or six years ago when it happened. Christmas will be on a, on a Monday. So Christmas mm-hmm. Eve is a Sunday, and I believe mm-hmm. what we're going to do – now, any of my elders listening to this, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> I believe what we are going to do, and if I eat crow, I'll do it. Is uh, not have the Sunday morning service. Yeah, just meet mm-hmm. Sunday night. Just meet Sunday night. Makes good yeah. sense. And uh, you know, to to meet now, if, yeah. if there's other reasons, you're to, heretics, but yeah, exactly, <laughs> <a> heretic. <laughs> uh, if, if there are other reasons to meet uh, on a Sunday morning, I'd be open to that. You know, sure. um, right? Yeah, that that would be a benefit to people. We'll, we'll probably hammer mm-hmm. all that stuff out. Yeah, I like that idea. That's this year. It falls on a this coming year. Yeah, uh, 2017. Yep, 2017. Oh, uh, uh, I'm going to see if I can make that fly at yes. Cornerstone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I said Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, just just one example, and I again, I, sometimes these principles become so 
fixed in our minds. This is what I just ask. Anybody listening that's kind of wrestling through this or maybe passionately disagrees, and we'd welcome your your feedback. I would say our church uh, did not meet on Christmas Day this past year. So here it is. Here's God looking down on his our little corner of the world here in Forest Hill, Maryland. He sees his people gathered. They're praying. They're hearing the word preached. They're singing the praises of his son, particularly his birth, the hope of salvation and forgiveness. Um, yeah, took an offering. Uh, you know what I mean? We've got people teaching our little children about you know uh, Jesus and all that is happening. So I, I'm really to believe that God looks at that and says, if they just did it 10 hours from now. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Would bless it. I, I would mean, accept really, it. And I want to say that to people. That say, That's what you're saying. Yeah. That God is, he ceases to be relational yeah. at yeah. that point. It becomes more like a formula. Yeah. Strange. Now, Steve, can I ask you something um, about the regular principle? Did you guys in your church um, do like Sunday school, children's church, and things like that? Uh, oh, good question. We did not do children's church, but we did have Sunday school, age graded, yes. And, and so what was like the justification of that within the regulative principle? It was clever. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how it worked. You know, the Bible commands us to gather for worship. The Bible also tells us to teach the word. So it's acceptable to have an additional teaching time on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's all Sunday school is. It's for the adults. Mm-hmm. Now, what are we going to do with our children while we do that? Because it's really emphasizing teaching. It's very doctrinally dense. So they could either sit there and try to be quiet and be still, or we can provide them another place to be. Uh, we, what's going to be over there? Well, we could either have babysitting or let's redeem the time and let's teach them something at their level while they're over there. So that's how we got to Sunday school. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Well, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Man. Sure, You can just sure. get anywhere you want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, it, and it was just, you know, again, just kind of going back to the point that if, you know, if you're going to be biblically intentional about this and leave out the things that Scripture leaves out and, you know, add the things that Scripture leaves in, and I'm doing air quotes here, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, it, it takes out so much. <laughs> Youth yeah. group, yeah. it takes out, you know, um, uh men's and women's Bible studies. It's you know, probably going it to take out, out instrumental music mm-hmm. in your church because there are no instruments in the New Testament sure. except for the book of Revelation. There are instruments in mm-hmm. eternity future, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, unless you're going to sneak them in from the Old Testament somehow. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing is it's hermeneutics, man. It is hermeneutics. Yeah. How do we interpret the Bible? How do we exegete texts and so on? And can we do it faithfully and realistically and rationally? Or do we... You know, do we do we twist things because we want to get right. here? We want to get there. Right. Well, we do a lot of the latter, dude. I can't believe I'm going to give my second allusion to the movie Stripes. <laughs> but you saying that it reminds me. Uh, I'm I'm going to butcher it. There's a, a brief, almost throwaway scene in Stripes where John Candy is in the barracks with this one dumb hayseed kid from I don't know deep south Mississippi somewhere, and uh, he's just taking his money, you know, left and right. And uh, the guy's like, "Oh, I thought I would win that hand, sir, because I had." Four kings. Right, right. But remember, we're in Germany. He goes, in Germany, four kings, you don't win. (laughs) If we were in Switzerland, you'd be cleaning my bank. (laughs) But we're in Germany. The guy, oh, okay. Uh So basically, he just keeps adjusting the rules to take more of the guy's money. The kid doesn't know. It is strange. I mean, think of where we're going here. Okay, Nate having to buy who works uh, for the regular principle. But there's some churches that are passionate about the regular principle. Don't do instruments. Because like, they're only in the Old Testament. Yeah, so, but, but, yeah. but they'd have it by who are in the Old yeah. Testament. Well, that's different because that's, that's a different. descriptive. We want them. It starts to get it, – it starts yeah. to, to almost betray an intellectually dishonest – It really does. Uh, or we're just approach. really irrational and we can't see things. Yeah. Yeah. And just again, I just – takes I, us a while to figure I, things I out. I love when um, uh, the, 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 the principle of, of New Covenant freedom – Paul and Galatians that some had come to spy out our freedom and uh, mm. there's there really is freedom to, you, to to glorify God and thoughtfully prayerfully creatively consider how are we going to do this as a church you know Francis Schaeffer God yep. rest his soul right he's yep. in glory mm-hmm. now and he's got it all figured out correctly yes uh, or he's learning it anyway um, he was uh, from a Reformed Presbyterian background he was a graduate of Westminster Theological Seminary yep. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He hung around with Reformed guys, though some of them grieved him. Cornelius Van Til and some of the arguments he got into with people grieved him. But anyway, Francis Schaeffer wrote uh, his book, The Church at the End of the 20th Century. Mm -hmm. And in the end of that book, he points out that there are very few 
forms for the New Testament church. He has a chapter called Form and Freedom, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Remember that? I do. So he says there's very few forms, and he lists mm-hmm. a couple of things, like you're supposed to gather, we're supposed to have elders, we're supposed to preach the word, we're supposed to pray, but, right. you know, regulated principle stuff. Yeah. And then he says everything else is freedom. Ah. And there's very few forms. And he's absolutely right, man. Yeah. But uh, I think many of our dear regulated principle brothers would say, no, everything else is nothing. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, God did expressly command it. You only do this. Yeah. And I just would would say it, um, it, it makes the church immobile in many ways. And then the other thing I've always wondered, why do we stop? Because there are some good friends of mine that would say, well, Greg, because I will try to bring up, well, what about churches like ours? Like we... Are we wrong to have a 501c3 status and to apply for it? Mm. So what you're talking about, we're just talking about worship. But why are you just talking about worship? So it's okay to do other things that God has been silent on. It's okay. But worship is different for some reason. This is what irks John Frame, and he's written about this regarding the regulated principle. Yes. It it becomes the, the property to me of any given church board leader in a given situation at a given moment, and it's so hard to find uniformity even among people that embrace mm. the regulative principle yes. in terms of how they practice it. Dude, you got it. What's that one quote you dropped on me, Nathan, before we started? Oh, you man, this that? is crazy. You wow. know, talking about extreme guys with their regulative principle. So I'm reading through sermons and various things, thinking about being here tonight for this podcast, and I came across this, this dude's sermon. It's in his sermon Prepare for judgment. All you who labor under the illusion that you may adjust God's pattern of worship to suit your carnal passions. (laughs) You got to drop carnal in there. And I want to know, has this guy ever been to any church beside his own and the other three that are related to it? Right, right. Yes. And and you go there and realize it's not a bunch of carnal passions. They're worshiping Jesus. They're preaching his word. They're calling sinners to Christ. Come on, man. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Get with it. Hey, another place they go to in the New Testament to try to establish the regulative principle is in Colossians where there's this little Greek word used, and it's translated sometimes, will worship. Yes. Familiar with that? Um, And they, they say, well, that word means human inventions and God's worship. I answer, says who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. says who that word is used once in the bible um how do you uh how do you apply that meaning to it if you right. check out the standard lexicons they don't give that meaning to right. it you guys are giving that meaning to it uh it might mean self-made religion but we're told in the text what he means by that yeah. and it's not things like you're introducing carnal elements into worship it's they were teaching stuff like don't handle don't taste don't touch Gosh, yeah it had to do with food yes mm. Food. They were forbidding food that God allows. They were right. going against Scripture, man. Right. God says every creature that is created is good and nothing to be refused. It's yeah. received with thanksgiving, sanctified by the prayer, yep. um, sanctified by the word, received yep. with thanksgiving. All right, yep. I'll get it out there. No, that's right. So, but first uh, Timothy, I think? Yes. So, so the will worship text in Colossians, the self-made religion, is adding things to Scripture, to doctrine about, for example, foods. To jump from that to people who can't stand still when they're singing and say they're dancing, yeah. God is yeah. not pleased, yeah. Yeah. is wrong, man. It's just wrong. Well, yeah. and again, you know, going back to the Old Testament, you know, if, I mean, once you open the floodgate, you know, it's open. So if you're going to go back to the Old Testament to defend the New Testament, which I think you can, but, but you better prepared, be prepared to go all the way. When David dances naked before the Lord and he's condemned – you know, uh, and uh, hold on, Nathan. He, he did that in Germany. Uh, <laughs> it was okay in Germany. Have you done it in France? I, doesn't doesn't the footnote say yeah. he was actually wearing a speedo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had the star of David on it. Wait a minute. In my study Bible. <laughs> yeah, was, was his, oh no! Was, was his star? Oh, no. the, was star of David active during David's lifetime? Whole separate uh, podcast on that. It's getting one. scary. Yeah, whole separate podcast. Um, yeah, or, mean, or like clapping yeah. hands. Yeah, right. So many times in the Psalms, or a number of times anyway, clap your hands, all you people, yeah. shout to God with the voice of praise. Yeah. Right. Well, we're not allowed to shout. Yeah. And we're not allowed to clap hands. Yeah. But yeah. we go to the Old Testament for other things we do want. Right. Right. I, well, that can't we see I mean. the inconsistency? It becomes in that? so intellectually dishonest. Yes. Yes. It just becomes. Well, this is what we do, and let me give you the. And I, believe me, I, I want to say to listeners, I am says I'm sure we've got regulative principle advocates here. Um, and again, we would welcome your feedback uh, and just tell us, hey, you guys were way off. But t- just tell us why, um, because uh, I would love to have that debate discussion with a, 
Yeah. You know, we've uh, Joe Thorne, he's become a pretty busy dude with his own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doctrine and Devotion. And Joe's a big regular principal guy. Um, my buddy Mark Fodale, who was on the podcast a year, year and a half ago to talk about old earth, young earth stuff. Or no, uh, baptism stuff. Yes. Um, Pedro Baptist. Yep. Yes. Uh, he's a good dude. And I believe he would subscribe to the regular principle. What we, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what I'd like to do at some point in the future, mm-hmm. don't know quite when, but. Within the year mm-hmm. is to have a guy maybe that could come on and and say, hey, let's have a dialogue with Duke you. Yeah. Um, yeah, can we go point by point on what you guys said? Yeah. And I'd like to talk about that and you know clarify some things and yes. you know rebut some things. We we yeah. we would love that. Yeah, we would. I've known plenty of guys who hold to the regulated principle who are sweet men, yeah. gracious, kind, humble, thoughtful, responsible. You know, I'd be happy to hang around them. You ought to have one of them on your podcast. Yeah, but I also know. I've known plenty of guys who have an air of spiritual elitism about them, Mm -hmm. and they look down long, sanctimonious noses at everybody else in evangelicalism. Those guys, if you're one of them listening, you make me sick. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and I'm with you. And probably they stopped listening 40 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, But I'm Uh I'm with you, Steve. And, yeah, I've I've talked to guys like that that you can just tell are are, um, just they they laugh the moment you start trying to – yeah. Talk about other traditions, other churches, and I just think, man, I, I just can't help but think, okay, we we're, our brains are pretty small, man. I'm nervous about stating things with such confidence, mm. unless as we yeah, often, uh-huh. unless God says them so clearly. Yeah, and again, He does say things clearly, but not as many things as I think people think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there. Are, I mean, okay, yeah, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Pretty clear. Uh, yeah, we can find many, many passages. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, at the, his name, every knee will bow, every yeah. tongue confess. Uh, and, and look, and what he's doing in the universe. I've been to your church. And yeah. I know what happens at the church I pastor. And guess what we do on Sundays? Yeah. We, we read scripture. Yeah. We mm-hmm. preach scripture. We pray in mm-hmm. accordance with scripture. We uh, oh I forgot we take up the offering yes that's squeezed in there yes first of Corinthians sixteen first Corinthians sixteen that's right. yeah. okay we uh, we baptize we have communion uh, as most evangelical churches in the United States do yeah yep yep agreed so agreed. drop all the sound and fury yeah exactly I mean it really is I mean part of it too is it's not hard to figure out what what are we doing as a church yeah uh, on on our most basic front we want to hear from God yeah. we want to respond to Him. Yeah. Um, what else is there? What are yeah. we going to invent? I mean, exactly. Smoke you know? signals? Or right, whatever. right. I will say, <laughs> great Babylon B uh, headline, if you guys saw this a week or so ago. Um, I've given up. By the way, I, I found out, I think we talked about this, the dude who's behind the Babylon B, it's like a major, quiet, introvert yeah. guy. Yeah. So I don't think he's huh. going to be out there talking to anybody, but kudos to you, dude, whoever you are, uh, because it has some great, clever stuff. The one that was so funny was... Uh, Oh, I'm going to butcher it, but I'm sure some of our listeners saw it where it was um, – it's a it's a picture of like, you know, smoke in a sanctuary. And it uh, says, Holy Spirit unable to move through congregation when fog machine breaks. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, that's good. What a beautiful yeah. state. The hey. other one I like is – have you ever seen it? It's like man with no discernible spiritual gifts. It's assigned to parking lot ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Al Myers, <laughs> you have many spiritual gifts, my man, and still do the parking ministry. <laughs> so that's not you, but I thought that was a funny headline. Crazy. Yeah. You were going to say something, weren't you? Or you were. One of you guys was going to jump mm, in. I forget. Man. Yeah. Shows we do this thing live. <laughs> yes, exactly. Real-time moments. It's, by the way, uh, since we were talking about 1 Corinthians earlier, one of my favorite parts, I think we've talked about this, Steve, in some other venue, the, the, the raw moments even in Scripture, I've, I'm intrigued when Paul is trying to remember who he baptized. Yeah. Oh, isn't that great? Remember that? And he says, uh-huh. yes. uh, Crispus and Gaius. I can't remember for any Stephanus, others. Oh, yeah. The I can't household. remember uh-huh. uh, except maybe them. It's, it's this kind of yeah. Yeah. honest moment. Yeah. That, by the way, is to me the clearest proof that our view of inspiration should not be the quote unquote dictation the theory. Dictation right. Theory. That they sort of auto wrote as God just hijacked their personality. I mean, here's right. Paul not being able to remember and he wants to cover the basis. Just, right. I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, does the regular principle allow me to do that, to forget points in my sermons? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody, man. Got to ask somebody. I don't somebody, know. Because I'm not sure scripture 
ever says I can't Prepare for that. judgment, all you right. who. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, According to your carnal desires. Right. <laughs> oh, man. That word carnal, you're, you're getting old school there. <laughs> I feel like I'm reading like a Matthew Henry commentator. <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, commentary at that point. The carnal desires. Um, wow. That's funny. Hmm. Oh, this has been great, guys. So glad we uh, were able to take the time and, you know, just really, really talk about this and really explore it more. You know, we, we've touched on it. We've uh, hated on it you know, for a while now. And so to really actually um, pull it out and explore it a little more fully. And again, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people out there. Well, you didn't, you didn't touch on this or, you know, I, I really think you, you know, you got this wrong. That's, that's cool. We're, we're, we're good with that. You know, we would love to hear from you. Um, again, because we are podcasting uh, more infrequently at this point, it's going to be a little more difficult to to line things up. However, you know, if you get in touch with us, we'll we'll try to work something out so that we can uh, we can have you on and and you know get an opportunity for you to uh, discuss some of our uh, finer points and the things that we set up and did. So. Um, no, this is this has been great. So glad uh, been really good seeing man. you guys again, and so exciting to you know have our first one back from our month. Short, short little hiatus. hiatus. About a month. Yep, uh-huh. yeah, yep, yep. So we'll have another little hiatus, and we'll have another great one on for you next month when we come back on. Yes. So until that time, Greg, Steve, we just rock the Casbah non-regulative style. <laughs> hey, Greg, what's going on, man? Hey, not much, dude. How are you? Good. Dude, just noticing this Romans poster you got. That's a pretty sweet-looking poster there, man. That's huge. What is that, like three foot by two foot or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big, big wall here, man. I needed something to take up the space. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, I got that at Mission Aware. Dude, no way. The coolest. The coolest, man. The entire book of Romans on this poster. And it's funny to watch people come in and look at it more closely. Yeah. And say, hey, look at that closely. What do you think that is? Because, you know, some abstract art. No, look a little more closely. Whoa. Yeah, that's not a chapter. That's not a verse. It's the entire book. Dude, that is that is sweet. So you've gotten a lot of comments on that then? A ton, man. It's a ton. It's a, uh, it's a great conversation starter. It looks great, just great artwork on the wall. What about your cool shirt, man? I like that theology matters. Dude, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got Romans there. So, you know, theology matters. Missional wear too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sensing yeah. a theme. I know, right? Dude, and, you know, all the other great products they have, too. You know, their mugs, their journals. Oh, man. Their, um, you know, they have their beer mugs. They have their flasks. Yeah. All those are so great. So. Love it, man. Uh, I, as a coffee drinker, starting the day with the morning surge with Spurge. Yeah. For those cool reform people, that's shorthand for Spurgeon. Uh, very cool. Yeah, love their products, man. Awesome. So check out Mission Aware and uh, enter our promo code SUSTAIN to get an awesome discount. SUSTAIN. These go to 11.